broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 39 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom, here with Trevor and Damon as usual. How you doing, fellas? Good. We're good. Good. Awesome. Uh, we got a special guest here today as well. Uh, we've got Ziggy from uh, ZiggyKnowsDisney.com. Ziggy, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Well, good to be back. Yeah, Z- Ziggy was on the show. For those of you listeners that have been listening to us for a long time, Ziggy was on, I don't gosh, probably around this time last year, right? Would make yeah. sense. <laughs> I, we, yeah, I think so. No, no disrespect to anyone else, but man, I, I like having Ziggy on the best. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, is it because man. I talk about food or, is it, or what? <laughs> I, 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 that is something close to my heart. I will give you that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true, yeah. So we did bring Ziggy on today because he just got back from Food and Wine Festival. And we wanted to, and the last time we had him on, he talked about food and wine. And we thought it would be fun to have him back again to, to talk about food and wine again. Since we do love food on this show and we do love talking about food, so... <laughs> Uh, so Ziggy, how was food and wine this year? Better than past years, you think? Or I mean, how was it? Um, so this was only the second time that I've gone opening day, so it was a, a different experience because usually I go like a couple weeks into it when things are already rolling. Um, it was pretty crazy the first day because all of the bloggers and podcasters and vloggers or everybody was there, you know, taking pictures and doing everything. So it was kind of really, really crazy. Um, I thought in general, there was a lot of really good offerings. Um, There's a lot of good stuff. The, even some of the old menus um, were like some of the old uh, marketplaces where they haven't changed the menu in a while. Some, some of them changed completely. So I get like new offerings and they were a little bit inventive. So that was really cool. Um, overall, I thought it was really good. The only thing that I would say, though, is that the prices haven't gone up. Um, the price for the most part, maybe like 25 cents here or maybe at the most 50 cents, I noticed. But I noticed that a lot of the portion sizes are down. And so hmm. I was kind of dis- I was kind of disappointed in that, actually, because, you know, it's, I'm, I'm okay if you raise the price a little bit if I feel like I'm getting a lot for my money. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, but, but you know what the thing is? You know what that helps, Ziggy? Again, and I, I understand, right, when you start looking at the, the cost per price. But, man, I seem to overdo it sometimes. And, and like to this for me would at least allow me maybe to eat more different yeah, you things. You can eat more, right? You can I, sample I don't know. more. <laughs> I guess from a money standpoint, I get you, but knowing myself, I might not be too upset with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. It was just like, you know, on some of the things, it was like last year, they, for example, I was thinking of the in China, there's the, uh, the garlic noodles, which is like one of my favorite dishes, like every year at the food and wines, it's always there. But usually they give you four shrimp, and this time they only give you two shrimp. So I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> or like the the hummus, yeah, like the hummus, <laughs> the hummus fries in Rocco. They usually give you four of them. This year they gave you three of them. And so I mean, I don't know. It just felt like a little sneaky to me, if if you know what I mean. Because it was like, "Yeah, we're not raising the prices, but we're not giving you the same amount of food as we usually do." But now, I, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, yeah, I'm finished. Go for it, man. Uh, I was just gonna say, I. I wonder also, you said you were there opening day. Do you, do you suppose there's actually a difference between going the first day and later on? Like, do you think that maybe they have some hiccups or they they don't necessarily give out the same amount that they do later on? 
so that's the, yeah. So, yeah, so that's the, that's the strange thing is that usually the first day is notorious for giving the biggest portions of any of the days, like because they know that all of the bloggers and all of the other people are coming there to take pictures of it. And so they're going to be getting a lot of media exposure. And so that was the thing that was strange to me is that that usually they give you the biggest amount of portions of opening day and, and then they go down from there. So I don't know. I've, I I went opening day and then I went the day right after and I haven't been back uh, since. But I'm going to be going again next week. So I don't know. I'll be able to see, you know, if there if there anything has changed since then, like maybe some people are complaining about the portion sizes. Maybe they they made them bigger or something. I don't know. But yeah, usually the first day is the biggest portions. So so did you try every single booth or are you going back so you can finish the job and, and have the rest of them? No, no, I, I tried everything. So Oof. I, yeah, I was with, uh, <laughs> I was with some friends and, um, so we went to every single booth in, in two days and we tried everything that there was. So, except that not, not a few of the drinks we didn't try, I'll say that like a few of the beers and a few of the champagnes and stuff, but it's mostly stuff that I've already tried before. So I, I didn't feel like I needed to try it, but all of the food items we tried and I would say a good like two thirds of the drinks. So yeah, we, we had a lot. So, um, so what was, what would you say was your favorite thing this year that wasn't there last year? Or, or maybe you had, maybe your favorite thing this year was the same thing as last year, but I, I'm curious to know what your favorite food item was. Um, I would have to say my favorite overall marketplace is the flavors of fire, uh, which was new last year and they, they brought it back. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys got to try it last year or anything, but, um, they focus like on, on smoked stuff. So they have uh, a smoker in the back and a, and a grill. And so they, like they do, um, the piggy wings and, and they have a, um, a pancake with a skirt steak on it and stuff like that. But they had a dish last year that I absolutely loved, which was my favorite thing. And it was, it was, again, I didn't find anything that, that could top it again this year, which was the, um, smoked corned beef on like these warm crispy potatoes and so it's like yeah they were like handmade potato chips basically really warm and um it was piled on top with this awesome uh really uh juicy smoked corned beef and uh, then on top of that was like it was totally drenched in this creamy parmesan sauce so it was it was absolutely unbelievable and that they give you a huge heaping portion of it too and and it's not that expensive. I think it was like five bucks or five fifty or something. You could easily split it with like two or three people. Um, wow. So yeah, as far as new stuff, um, I mean, if you want, I have like I wrote down a few of the the yeah. new items that I really liked. I can Please. I can tell you what they were. Um, so let's see. In the there's one marketplace called the Almond Orchard, and um, last year they had a risotto which I hated. Um, and this year they replaced it with this creamy spinach and artichoke dip, which was really, really good. It was um, very creamy, very gooey, full of cheese. And they give you these nice almond crisp crackers to dip into it. And and that was one of definitely one of the best things. Um, the beef brisket poutine at the refreshment port was amazing. Um, That's I mean, amazing. It tre- Trevor, <laughs> uh, do you guys have poutine in that part of Canada? Uh, yeah, we do. So, yeah, it, I, I'm assuming that they use proper cheese curds for it, or I hope they did. Well, so they had like three different types of poutine. Um, this they had the, the beef brisket one didn't have the cheese curds in it, and it was a little different. It's not like real poutine because it didn't have gravy, but 
It was basically like beef it was brisket. Like a take, it was like a take on poutine. It was just like a yeah. Okay. They do okay. have they they yeah they do have like a traditional one with the cheese curds and the gravy. But this one was more like cheese sauce and um and beef brisket all pulled apart uh, on top of. It. But it was really really good. Um, let's see. They they also had um I like the. In Italy this year, I liked the the fritto misto, which is like fried, like a a basket of fried food. They had like some fried zucchini, fried sweet potato, and fried shrimp. Uh, the the batter was really really light and crispy. Um, they gave you like ten shrimp, I think, in it, so it was a really good portion. And they covered it with like a like a spicy chipotle sauce on top of it, which was really really good. Um, wow. Oh, ooh, you had me at fried basket, Ziggy. Yeah, <laughs> just fried. It. We're good. Just fried. Yeah, it's, it's a fried. That sounds like something that would be in the American Pavilion. It's <laughs> deep fried yeah, everything. Yeah, you you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you exactly. would. <laughs> and it's actually really close because um, uh, I think I, well, I know you guys know. I don't know if your listeners probably don't know that I spend uh, a good part of my year in Italy because my wife is Italian, so I live like about eight months out of the year in Italy, and. Um, the the way that they fry the the food here at, at the Italy marketplace is very close to to what you find over there. It's like a a very very light. It's not breadcrumbs. It's more like flour. It's just basically flour, and um, I don't know what they use and what kind of oil they use, but it comes out very very you know light tasting and not too heavy. So it's very so, authentic then. Yeah, it tasted pretty authentic to me. That's cool. Uh, um, oh. For dessert, one of the absolute best ones was this maple bourbon uh, cheesecake at the Cheese Studio. I'm looking at the picture right now, and, and oh, I, I forgot great. how how good this was. Yeah, it's like um, a very very light cheesecake, very very creamy. I mean, like when you put your fork in it, it just falls right apart. Basically, it's not like a heavy dense cheesecake. And um, over the top of it is like is they have like a caramel bourbon sauce. With maple, it's absolutely delicious. My my best dessert that I tried at Food and Wine for sure, and I paired it with like nice. this blackberry sparkling wine, which was the perfect uh, match for it. So wow. that was that was really good. Also, um, one one thing that was new that we got a lot of um, debate on in our group because we went and we tried a bunch of things and they kind of shared like everybody got a bite of everything basically. Um, one of the things was that in China, there's a a pancake with uh, with beef, and so it's like it looks like a like a tortilla shell basically because it's a very very thin pancake, and it's not it's not a pancake like an American pancake, but more like a tortilla, like a crepe. And yeah, okay, yeah, like a crepe. I would say a little bit thicker and a little okay. bit che- a little bit chewier. Like so, it was stuffed like with this um, spicy beef and scallions and a little bit of vegetables in there. It was really, really good. Um, the pancake part, half of the group didn't like it because they said it was too chewy. It was almost like like it wasn't cooked enough or something. But half of our group really loved it, and I was part of the half that, that loved it. So and, it. and they give you a nice, huge portion of it, and yeah, that was really good. And what else? Oh, the um, – I don't know how to say it because I don't speak Spanish, but the ropa veja empanada, I think. That sounded pretty it. right. There you go. <laughs> no, I don't think any of us could uh, could disprove your 
pronunciation. <laughs> Ropa vieja empanada. There you go. Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> that sounded like With you my, threw some Italian accent on that, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. I can't help it. It's, you know, when I go for any kind of Latin-based language, it comes out Italian. So. Um, but it was basically an empanada, um, and it was stuffed with this um, this beef mixture. It had like beef and uh, some kind of vegetable. I think like tomato and everything in the on the center, and it was very very juicy. And then they they put like a tomato aioli on top of it, and that was really authentic. the The shell itself was very light and and crispy. Um, mm. So and not expensive either. That was like five bucks, and again like a really big portion. So I mean, you you can get like some good sized portions there on things. Don't get me wrong; like you you can find some good stuff that's really tasty, and and also you feel like you're getting your money's worth for it. It was just some of the stuff, some of the old stuff that they've had. They seem like they kind of reduced the size on to me. But so, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, that, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say if you were to give one pavilion or one marketplace or whatever they're calling them that you absolutely have to go to. And one that you should avoid. What would those be? Um, I would say I'm going to say two of them. Sorry, I'm going to say the flavors of fire, which is the one I already mentioned before. One. Yeah, with the smoked corned beef, and they also have a drink there, which is um, the name is is uh, passing through, passing by my mind. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a bourbon drink with like an apple cider, and they put like an actual piece of of pork on a stick like inside the the drink and it it sounds really gross but it's awesome (laughs) it's really good that sounds good so so the flavor of the fire i thought was everything was excellent um actually surprisingly i thought that ireland was really top notch it was it was really good i wasn't expecting it um they had a roasted sausage dish which the sausage was very juicy It, it was like i like when i bite into sausage i want it to snap and I want it to feel like, you know, really fresh. And and this one w- was like that. And they also have a stout, um, what is that, cheddar cheese stout dip. with uh, with br- They give you some, some sour, uh, not sourdough bread, the pumpernickel bread. And you can dip it into the, the cheddar cheese. It, similar to like the cheddar cheese soup in Canada, but a little bit different consistency and a little bit different taste. But equally as good. Um, and they also have a, a chocolate pudding. The dessert is like a chocolate pudding cake. So it's like a chocolate cake with like a pudding center, um, which was phenomenal as well. So I would say Ireland. If I if I didn't go to Flavors of Fire, I'd say go to Ireland. Wow. Um, as awesome. far yeah, as far as what not to go to, um, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say Mexico because. Not that I didn't like it. I, I liked I liked the stuff there. It was it was good, but again, I just feel like they they charge the highest prices because I feel like like Mexico seems like a safe international food. Like a lot of people like Mexicans, so they're like, okay. I'll go to Mexico instead of trying maybe like some of the more exotic you know tastes or whatever. And so for that reason, they charge you like everything is really expensive and the portions are tiny, and so. Like I said, not that the food is bad. I mean, you can go there, but I mean, if I'm going to pay like eight bucks for just a little tiny quesadilla that I you literally eat in one bite, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like a great a great value. So that makes sense. I can't really, yeah. I mean, I can't really recommend it. Not that the, like again, not that the food was bad, but but I just wasn't feeling, and I, and I wasn't really feeling India either. India, I like Indian food. Like I love Sanaa and I love um, 
some of the other places in Disney that serve Indian food, but I don't know. I just they didn't. It wasn't very flavor. I just didn't have a lot of flavor in any of the food, and I just I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it either. So stay away from those two. I would say. All right. Well, we got a stack show today, Ziggy. So we don't want to. We 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 uh, don't want to go too too long. But uh, anything else you want to mention about food and wine before we uh, move on to other things? And and I believe you're going to stick around with us and and you know go through the rest of our nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be here. No, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Everything. There was a lot of awesome stuff. I just feel like you have to you have to do your research ahead of time to to find out like some of the things that you're going to be interested in, where you're going to be able to go because it's really it's so big like there's 35 different marketplaces and so you know realistically if you're wandering around you can really only go to like four or five of them unless you have like a big group of people that's going to be splitting everything with you but until you get full so i mean look up ahead of time some of the good uh choices things that that you want to eat and then that would be my strategy and then hit those things and make sure that you get the best ones now you just talked about all that food i'm assuming we can find pictures of all that on your website right you absolutely can. I have, uh, if you go to www.zigginosdisney.com, I have reviews on all of the different uh, marketplaces. And so you can see pictures of everything, my breakdown of what to get, what not to get. And and um, I have the article about the best uh, new things you have to try. And I'm going to be, over the next couple of days, I'll be writing a couple more articles just about some different tips and stuff to keep in mind when going. So keep checking back and you'll find more stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks for that update. That was great. I, Trevor and Damon, I don't know if you guys want to ask him anything before we move on, but I uh, thought that was a good good, good rundown. I'm kind of full. <laughs> I ate early today. <laughs> no, I, I ate early today, so I'm kind of out of the food loop. I, I was going to say, actually, I have dinner after this, so you know, I'm going to be thinking about all this as I'm eating my <laughs> dinner. Which will be great. I, I'm sure. I gave you some some ideas of what to have. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we we're having spaghetti, so nothing nearly as exciting as uh, <laughs> as what you had. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, I, I I have to tell you, I've never been to Food and Wine, and I've always wanted to go. And I realized that I'm scheduling my next vacation, my Disney vacation for the first week of October next year. And I'm like, I'll finally get to go to Food and That's Wine. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do it. I mean, it's something like any any Disney fan has to go at least once to check it out. I was kind, just, kind of go. Ahead, sorry, <laughs> no, kind of like every Disney fan needs to go to Disneyland, right, Damon? But. No, I was I was thinking more like every <laughs> Disney fan needs to ride Space Mountain. And oh, that's where I was man. Going. <laughs> well, that too. I agree with that as well. <sighs> Killing me today. I, I'm I'm gonna. You know, here's the interesting thing. I, I think that as we looked for what trip we're going to do for when my son graduates high school i think we're going to do hawaii and i think we'll end up stopping over at disneyland at that point so that, that's my guess at this point i can't wait for your right. disneyland trip report it's going to be great yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm excited for you <laughs> yeah d- d- uh, trevor can help you out with uh with you know guiding your way around disneyland so <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, thanks Ziggy for that. That was uh, that was really great. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had posted an article on our Facebook page, and I thought it was worth bringing up because you know we always like to talk uh, about DVC on the show. Obviously, we're a DVC podcast, and uh, you know there we always like to have a DVC topic. And and one thing that I saw was from our friends and our sponsors over at DVC Resale Market, and they write some really great articles sometimes. That if you're you know checking out some of the different things that they have on there. Um, but one of the interesting things is uh, they posted something the other day about the most economical DVC resale resort. 
And I was taking a look at this and, you know, I had kind of had an idea in my mind of what I wanted to get that when I bought resale next time. And this kind of completely changed my mind when I read it. And so if you want to check this out, we'll, um, we can post a link to it, but it's on, it's on their website, but what they're basing this on, what their methodology here is they're, they're looking at dues, how many years are left on the contract and kind of what you can basically pay like to buy a contract there. And so based on all that, looking at their chart, uh, the, the most economical uh, resorts, and I'll just go in order really quickly here, are Saratoga Springs, Old Key West, Bay Lake Tower, surprisingly. I was a little surprised by that one. Yeah. I'm going to guess, I, I think part of that is the low dues, um, you know, because the, the dues are much lower there and the contract is, is pretty long compared to some of the other ones. Then we have in fourth, we have Polynesian, which Trevor, you're, you know, that's your home resort. And you're, you know, I know you're looking at some point maybe to buy some Polynesian points. Um, Animal Kingdom, Grand Floridian, Alani, Grand California. And I'm not going to go through the whole list, but that's pretty much kind of the top couple on there. Um, on the bottom, you have Vero Beach, Boardwalk and Beach Club. And, and those are, you know, all the all those resorts like Old Key West, the original Old Key West contracts, Hilton Head. Boulder Ridge, Vero Beach, Boardwalk, Beach Club, all of those only have 24 years left on their contract. So I think that immediately kind of makes it difficult to call them a good value, right? So I don't know about you guys, but when I, when I read this initially, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll buy Copper Creek points. Uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll buy something like Boardwalk. But now that I'm reading this, I'm like, maybe I want to buy Saratoga Springs. I don't know. I, 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 this is kind of making me think a little bit differently about my next contract with DVC. So I was curious to see if you guys were thinking the same. Um, so I guess, yeah, for myself, um, I, I, I'm glad that Polly is, you know, seen as a fairly good value, but honestly it wouldn't have changed my opinion of whether or not I'm looking at Polly or somewhere else for points in the future, because, I guess for myself, I'm I'm not so concerned about which one is the best value and more about the place I want to stay, right? Because you know how they kind of say, you know, buy, buy where you want to stay. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I'm I, I and yeah, you know, like we've talked about in the past, I am on that extreme of you know I'm planning my stuff 11 months out, so I would want to make sure that whatever resort I buy. I have the option to to do the eleven months out. Um, Saratoga and Old Key West, honestly, they don't. Um, not bashing on them, they're just not the kind of resorts that I want to stay at necessarily. I feel like they're they're kind of they're too far away, and I, I don't know how to describe it. They just, they just don't appeal to me on they that don't do level. It for right? you. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bay Lake Tower, though, I, I do find it interesting that Bay Lake Tower is there, and and. I, that's another one, you know, having some points at Polly and Bay Lake Tower, that could be a nice thing to have. So it is surprising uh, <laughs> to see two resorts that are on the monorail loop in the most economical resorts. Yeah, and and, and I guess it's the I, I think the reason that they wrote this up is that a lot of people they don't get past the uh, the initial dollar value, right? Because when you look at them they look more expensive when you, when you do your initial contract, but then when you think about, yeah, how, how long is left on the contract and your dues, that that's really where it gets you. Right. Cause you're paying those dues for years on end. So it does make yeah, sense. They, yeah. And they break this down like total cost per point per year. And that's kind of how they come up with these, with these rankings. And 
Um, you know, it's it's really interesting to look at it that way because, like you said, a lot of people look at the initial cost. They don't look at how many years are left on the contract. They don't look at, you know, all, all the different uh, – how much the uh, dues are because, you know, if you go on DVC resale market right now and you look, there's probably going to be a bunch of Vero Beach contracts out there and, and they're cheap. And everybody's like, why are these Vero Beach contracts always so cheap? And it's because they have really high dues. There's not a ton of time left on the contract. So you can get those contracts cheap. But is it really worth it to do that? I, I don't know. So for me, I looked at this and I'm like, you know what? For me, what matters the most is the most economical option, whatever is going to be the best value. So in my mind, then I'm like, okay, well, that completely changes what I'm thinking. Maybe I will go with Saratoga because I can get you know, more points for the amount of money that I want to pay. Yeah, and I, and I think also the the part that I think needs to be clarified is you know they're talking about time left on the contract for different people. I don't even know if that necessarily matters as much. So I think that does kind of skew the uh, the actual value there, right? Because yeah. you know, yeah, some I you know some people have said you know they they're into you know for five ten years and then they want to sell it off. So. Well, and to, that's what I, yeah. I look at Saratoga. There's 36 years left on that. I'm like, okay, I'll be in my 70s, so I'm not going to be fretting when that contract expires. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I think really the, the, this kind of tool. The, I'm I'm really glad that DVC resale market did this, but I I think um, I think just the caveat is is don't take this necessarily as gospel for what you should sure. do. <laughs> yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, what matters the most is you buying where you want to buy. I, I don't think, you know, if, if for me, the thing that's most valuable is the most economical resort. For for Trevor, you know, the thing that's most important is, you know, staying where you want to stay, right? So I think it really comes down to what means the most to you. Is, is it, you know, finding a cheaper contract or is it fi- finding one that you, you know, at a place that you want to be? So. Yeah. Because, I mean, I own a Bay Lake, but I've stayed at Bay Lake a total of one time. So, you know, and like I and I don't dislike Bay Lake, but I if I had to do it all over again, would I buy a Bay Lake? I don't know. So that's I, you know, because it's just it's not it's it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's there's there's some other places that I probably would look at, too. Yeah. So, yeah, like so I said, I, 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 I yeah. think uh, I think this is definitely good reading for anybody that's listening. Just yeah make sure you're you're not just looking at this right like like tom said think about everything about how you want to do your vacation before you decide on which resort you want to buy exactly and i i don't know damon or ziggy if you guys have any thoughts on this if you there's any uh if you guys had any thoughts on this changing I own your methodology so it doesn't change anything for what i would do well but you are possibly you may want to buy another contract in the future right yeah but i would buy at saratoga like you so just keep me. buying Saratoga, right? So that's easy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, what did you say? How many years are left? 36. Okay, so I'm 45, 81. I'm going to have either have a ton of money and need to spend it, so I have to give it to all my kids, <laughs> or I'm going to be too old and not care because I have no money. So uh, I don't, yeah, I'm yeah, going to continue with Saratoga. <laughs> that sounds good. I mean, it makes sense to me. I. I, I do uh, I, I find these kinds of things interesting when you're looking at you know because there's so many factors to keep in mind and you know it's hard to do the math on your own <laughs> so they they're doing the work for you so anybody else want to mention anything about this before we move on to the next thing so uh, actually you know we talked about DVC resale market they are the sponsor of this podcast episode and and our podcast and we really appreciate them and uh, so we'll just 
you know, do a little moment here for DVC Resale Market. Uh, DVC Resale Market is the leader in the DVC resale industry with 11 former DVC guides and two former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. So they've got a lot of experience over there. They know what they're doing. If you're thinking of buying DVC, browse the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions. So they always have somebody there to answer any question that you might have, whether it's via chat or uh, giving them a call. If you're thinking of selling, you know, so if unfortunately you have to sell your DVC contract, turn to the friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market, where over 98% of listings sell within 30 days, and over 2,400 contracts were sold in 2017 alone. So DVC Resale Market is the by far the, the, the best uh, resale uh, company out there. They're going to help you out. They sell, like, like I said, if you need to sell your contract, they sell over 98% of their listings within 30 days, and they are the ones that sell the most contracts out there. So if you're interested, go to dvcresalemarket.com or call 1-844-DVC-PROS, which is 1-844-382-7767. Uh, let them know that we sent you. Let them know Welcome Home sent you to uh, to talk to them or, or to uh, sell your contract or to buy, to buy your contract. They like to hear that, that uh, Welcome Home uh, sent you. So make sure to tell them that. And uh, again, before we go here, again, that's dvcresalemarket.com or 1-844-DVC-PROS. So thanks again to DVC Resale Market. We appreciate having them on the show uh, as a uh, as a sponsor. So check them out. I, I go on that website all the time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm stalking contracts constantly. Yeah, me too. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always, I'll, I'll, I'll like pull one up and I'll, I'll look at my wife and I'll be like, Saratoga Springs, $99 a point. They know I need 50 points. They got to come find me now. They got to come find you. <laughs> I've actually got their app and they, I, they shoot you. A, like I put in there, I want 100 points at Saratoga and they shoot me alerts every time they get like 100 points at Saratoga and they'll show me the price and everything like that. So you can also download their app too if you want to check that out and get those alerts if you're looking for a certain contract. So, all right. So, so we've talked a lot in the show about the minivans, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I was. Did you guys both take one on your last trip, or was it just you, Tre- Trevor or Damon? I forget which one. You guys I, we, did I've it. taken one. Yeah, me yeah. too. Okay. Yeah, so, I've taken one too, and I, I, I like yeah, to. Tom, don't forget about Ziggy. Come on. I'm man. sorry, Ziggy. I apologize. Come on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving you out of the podcast, sorry. Um, so uh, there was there was a report out there a week or so ago that they were going to be changing the pricing. They were going to drop the flat rate. So before it was $25 anywhere on property. Um, didn't matter where it was. It was $25. Well, now they're going to a per mile charge. And so initially when I heard this, I was like, oh, cool. This is probably going to make it cheaper. But now that we're seeing the prices, it kind of looks like it's not going to make it cheaper. <laughs> so Yeah, that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sad, too. So according to uh, WDW News today, the, the new price grade is going to be base trip at $15. So they're still going to have a flat charge of $15. And then an additional charge per mile of $2.75 per mile. So this is going to probably bring the average trip to well over the $25 rate that was there before. Uh, and if you're, you know, it also makes a point in this article that if you're going from Animal Kingdom to the Contemporary or, you know, I guess Magic Kingdom, you're talking like $40. So that's kind of a bummer in my mind. I, I hadn't used them yet, but I was looking forward to it. But it's I was kind of hoping... people abuse the system. We all know that's where this comes from, right? Because 
<clears throat> you have to do something when people are making them drive all over the place or you know you know what i mean i think that that was the dilemma without having a per mile charge people were making the, i saw somebody that said they'll even take you to the drive through at mcdonald's and it's like wait a second <laughs> like that seems like it's not the purpose of that well <laughs> isn't that on property though it is on property that's true yeah so i mean that that's really no different than going anywhere else but yeah i i see your point damon it it, it sucks that people abused it and i mean i i liked it because yeah going from the polynesian to um, i actually used it going both uh to animal kingdom and to hollywood studios because those are the furthest trips for taking the bus and so to avoid you know waiting for the bus and everything it made sense to use uh well uber or or a lyft or a minivan and so yeah we tried the minivan for that and so the the fact that that same trip now would cost me even more when I was already looking at the twenty five dollars and going, eh, I I don't know like it, yeah that that kind of it, it makes the service non competitive really because you you do have you know Lyft like proper Lyft because it, that's the funny thing is that this is part of the Lyft app and when you're when you're you know getting your car you can either ask for a minivan or you can ask for a regular Lyft car but when you know that the lift car is going to be like 20 bucks cheaper, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Right. Like it, it's, I, I just don't understand why they think this is a good idea. <laughs> More money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have, it's supply and demand. So they, they have a certain amount of minivans and they know that they're going to continue to get people to use them, even if they raise the price like this. I mean, before I I liked using the minivan, especially to go either to the Magic Kingdom because they drop you off right at the bus stop area, which uh, was great because then you didn't have to go from the ticket and transportation centers. So that was one of my favorite places. Also to the to Pioneer Hall if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the Hoopty Doo review, I thought it was also an excellent place. I, I ran some numbers myself. Like I I looked if you were staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge and then going from there all the way up to Animal um, to Magic Kingdom. So I think it's like a ten and a half mile ride, and so I did the math, and it comes out to be like forty four bucks. So obviously, before Ooh. you're gonna get you're gonna get a good value for it before, but now I mean it's almost double the price. Or if you were gonna, but I mean if you're taking a short trip, I don't know if you're going from the beach club over to Disney Springs. I think it comes out to a little bit less than twenty five. I think like twenty three or twenty four bucks. So in that case, it still might be it might be worth it or something if you're trying to get to dinner quick you have to make your reservation or something but in general yeah it's going to be much more expensive uh unless you're taking very short trips well i guess we were planning to go from the the poly to pioneer hall actually like you said ziggy we we are going to go to hoopty doo and i figured i would use this for that so yeah yeah that might be worth it because it's not far that's not that far yeah yeah exactly but yeah i don't think we'll be using it for we'll we'll just have to get on the bus for other things or just get a regular lift (laughs) well here's here's my question from you guys that have used this because the three of you have used this and i have not is there enough of a difference in the service level between the minivans and like a regular lift or uber for it to be worth the extra money I guess that's where my question that's is. That's a personal question. For me, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it is, but that's why I want to know your I, opinion. Because I, I know what I'm getting. If I'm go- Listen, <clears throat> just like I wouldn't eat at McDonald's. Like, if I'm going to Disney, I'm going to Disney. When I'm going to Disney, I want Disney people. And I understand McDonald's is on, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, I want the Disney experience from start to finish, and that includes if I'm taking rides as well. 
Because really, at the end of the day, when you have kids and stuff, listen, those are great services, but I really don't know what I'm getting. I, I kind of know more of what I'm getting when I do it through them. And yeah, I, I do kind of agree with you on that, Damon, because we, we used a, a standard lift and we used the minivan on our last trip. And um, not to knock the guys that, that run lift cars, but there was a definite difference in, you know, personality and and just the general experience of it versus, you know, like you said, it being front to back Disney, like, yeah, getting in a minivan, knowing that it's a Disney cast member. Um, they're, they're a lot more um, personable. And, and, and I think that kind of goes further to, you know, keeping you inside of the Disney bubble, right? It, it does matter yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. With, I would agree with you guys. I mean, you can definitely see a difference between a regular Lyft or Uber ride and a ride in a minivan. When the experiences that I've had, the drivers have been super friendly. They've been really knowledgeable. You can ask them anything you want to know about Disney or their previous works. A lot of them have worked all over the, the parks and everything, so they can tell you a lot about it. I think I guess it just comes down to you know how much you want to stay in that Disney bubble, how important that is to you. Uh, you know, Guests like Damon are going to there there are a lot of guests like that and so they're going to want no matter what just stay inside that little bubble some other guests are maybe more budget you know conscious or whatever or they need to stay on on a budget and so they're going to have to you know look and see okay is it a long distance how much is it going to be and maybe see if it if it gives them value but it's kind of a it's kind of a personal thing i mean it, it depends it depends on you so all right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. And I, I mean, I'll probably still do it just once just to try it because uh, I, I, I think it would be useful because there was a time that we took an Uber. Uh, I think it was our last trip because we were doing a, a an early morning tour at Animal Kingdom and we had to be there by like seven. And we just didn't want to rely on the buses for that. So we took a, just a regular Uber, which was fine. But I mean, I probably would have taken... Uh, minivan if those would have been in existence at that point when i went so um so yeah i i, th- I think this is an interesting change uh, like you like you said ziggy it's a it's you know it's supply and demand right uh, obviously they found this to be a successful program and they know they could probably charge a little bit more for it and people will still pay it because uh you know disney figures all these things out they're very good at figuring out what pricing customers will will pay before they stop, you know, doing something, or sometimes they raise prices specifically to make people do it less. So, um, yeah, I mean, they 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 have people, you know, they have the service going to the, to the airport, also to the Orlando International Airport. And I think it's one hundred and fifty dollars each way, and they, and they have a lot of demand for that too. So, I mean, one hundred fifty that's three hundred bucks. So, obviously, people that want to have that kind of service, dropping thirty or forty bucks on a minivan ride to them isn't going to be anything. Isn't going to so. be anything. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else you guys want to mention about this before we move on? All right. Exciting news. This is exciting news, I think. This is my favorite. <laughs> Trevor, you want to you talk about this one? Yeah. Yes, I do. I absolutely right. do. Uh, <laughs> we talked so, about this a couple weeks ago, or a couple episodes ago, I think. Yeah, so we have it. It is confirmed that uh, the Wreck-It Ralph VR experience is coming to the void in Disney Springs and in Disneyland Resort in downtown Disney. So um, let's see here. The So debuting this fall, the first new experience will be based on upcoming Disney animated movie, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and will be available at, at both resorts. Um, uh, sorry, what did they say here? Uh, Ralph 
Ralph Breaks VR will put you inside a new multi-sensory Disney adventure where you'll be immersed in the worlds of the internet and online gaming with Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, this is this is exactly cool. what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be really cool. Yeah, so um, I, I am definitely planning to do this when we go in January. Um, so I, yeah, I'll be booking this. Um, also the, they've said alongside of this, um, sometime in 2019, there will be a Marvel based, um, hyper reality experience coming to the void as well. So, so you'll have star Wars, you'll have Marvel and Ralph breaks the internet. <laughs> or is star Wars getting pushed out? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I guess that I don't remember if there was two or three no, I... spaces. I had heard from Disney that they were not going to get rid of the Star Wars one, and they're actually developing more Star Wars uh, experiences for the Void, too. So I don't think that's going away. Oh, great. So they're going to have three different experiences at the Void there. That's cool. Yep. That's I, I just expected them to end Star Wars and replace it with this Marvel one that they're talking about. My interest is, though, what what Marvel experience do you want to see? Like, I mean, what are they going to do? I, I, I'm really curious to see how that's going to be. Like, do you get to pick what your favorite Avenger is, and you get to be that Avenger? Also, how are they? How in the world are they getting around the 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 uh, Universal contract with this too? But that's that's another question. <laughs> well, again, I think it depends on which characters they're using, right? So, um, I, I guess as long as Spider Man doesn't show up in there, it's probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't. Uh, don't you don't uh, don't quote me on this, but from what I understand about the Marvel contract, is that they can't have the the characters in the parks themselves. So like sometimes you'll see the the characters on on the monorails, like where they have them on the sides of the monorails. But those monorails can do like the Magic Kingdom loop because the monorail doesn't actually go inside the Magic Kingdom, but they can't go in into the Epcot. So I don't know if like how this since it's Disney Springs is not really a park. I don't know maybe if they can get away with that. Interesting. Which, which is <laughs> Technicalities. I love it. <laughs> oh, I I feel like Disney's been pushing this contract. Like what I mean by that is they've been like trying to do certain things just to see if Universal is going to sue them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where they do certain meet and greets and it's like, cause I, I remember, I think they did a Dr. Strange meet and greet in the parks and it was like, I felt like they were testing them just to see what the response was going to be, you know? <laughs> so. Now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking about this Marvel thing. And if you got to pick Dr. Strange, I feel like you'd have a bunch of people curled up on the floor, nauseous. <laughs> if it was like the movie <laughs> yeah, it was like super psychedelic and like yeah. <laughs> i don't know i think it'd be cool if you could like pick what avenger you wanted to be and like do stuff like that i mean i obviously it'd be hard to be iron man because you're not gonna be able to like fly around or anything like that but have, what do you guys think of the the star wars version of the void i mean have, have you guys done that yet yes and i loved it i actually i did it and then we went and had lunch then we went back and did it again so <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really good, too. I enjoyed it. I would say that the Star Wars one limited the amount of people. I think that the price point and the IP, it's a huge IP. I get it, right? But it definitely limited people. Like, my daughter had no interest. My wife had no interest. Um, I I think the the flip side for Wreck-It Ralph is going to be that the boys have no interest. So I I think that's why, you know, the more IPs they can bring to the void, I think that they'll end up finding that sweet spot where, you know, you can agree on something as a family to do it, well, in groups of four, let's say, rather than, um, 
you know, where there's certain ones that, you know, well, I just don't want to do that. So I think that's kind of, you know, the impetus to, to kind of broaden that IP as well. Plus, again, like, I mean, you did the Star Wars one twice, Trevor, right? But would you really do it again? Like, I mean, I would want to do it again, but for the price, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, we were discussing it. And if Wreck-It Ralph wasn't coming, this was like, I, yeah, I have a hard time justifying doing it. Yeah, twice was good, but <laughs> yeah, a third time, I don't know, right? And, and I guess that's the thing is that, yeah, if, um, like you said, Tom, if, if they're bringing new Star Wars experiences to it, I mean, that makes sense, right? It, you know, they keep that IP going, but they do have to, they do have to keep it, you know, either the experience changes every time you do it, or it has to be a new experience because yeah, you can only, it's a fantastic way to, to get um, engaged in these IPs, but they do have to keep updating it for sure. I think that's really cool. I haven't experienced it yet myself. I'm actually going to be going next week. We're going to do it, but I think it's awesome the idea that you can literally just plug and play all these different IPs or versions of those same IPs. And you, if they keep developing new stories and new experiences for them, there's really an unlimited amount of, of possibilities. I mean, you can go back time and time after, you know, again and, and not have it get old. So I'm, lo- I'm looking forward. To, I heard that also when um, the Fox deal goes through and they have the Aliens IP that they were thinking of developing like a really scary version of oh, it with, with the aliens. Can you imagine how that would be. Wait, that's basically like <laughs> Alien Encounter, but with with VR. Like that sounds amazing. Isn't that yeah. what I said? <laughs> <laughs> you did kind of say that in, the, in our last mini episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be a terrifying and be really cool <laughs> it, it, it if it's framed properly yes it's absolutely amazing and they they should do that <laughs> i feel like i would be I, I feel like i would be um the bill paxton character if i were doing that in real life like in in the movie where he's like game over man it's like i'd be like crying in the corner i think you're, you're the fodder <laughs> yeah I'd just, I'd, I'd be like, i'd be hiding in a corner like you know if, if the, the, those things are popping out everywhere i'm 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 out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that would be really cool. So, yeah, I hadn't heard that. I, I think that would be amazing if they did that. But I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can they can keep coming up with you know hundreds of I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's really possibilities are limit limitless. Yeah, I mean the sky's the limit with this, right? So did 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 you guys see the the patent that they were making um, about the the floor technology? Because I did see. That. I guess one of the. Yeah, one of the problems with a VR experience is that the you're not going to get really 100% immersed into the experience when the floor is just the same like if you were if you were on an icy let's say you were in Star Wars on Hoth or something like the ground should be icy or let's say you were going up uh, in a steep incline how do you simulate that and I saw um that there was a patent where they're coming up with like different floor technology to be able to change the floor depending on the world that you're in, which would make it even more immersive. That's, yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. <laughs> I did. I, I saw that they've recently filed a couple patents and that all seemingly having to do with VR. And that was, that was one of them where it was like the floor could kind of change based on the, like you said, based on the terrain, but it could do it. It couldn't it do it like on demand. It wasn't something where they had to like change the floor out. It was something where it could just constantly be changing and changing under your feet. I believe. Yeah, exactly. And and something with like I think they had magnets or something on under the floor that would also 
give a sensation of like slipping like on the ice or something like that. Yeah. So that would mean you'd probably have to wear special shoes of some sort then. I would think so. Yeah. Alongside. But I mean, don't you, they give they already give you what the headset and they do that. You have a vest on. Too yeah. Or it's, something? it's a headset I mean, and a vest that you, you start with. So it's basically laser tag with visors on, right? With a visor on, right? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, heavier. <laughs> it, it, it's better than laser tag. <laughs> well, no, I just mean like suit, like what you're wearing. wise, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, actually it is, it is a heavier. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot he- heavier than, than just a laser tag vest. Well, let me ask you this though, too. So, cause I haven't gotten to do the star Wars one, but you guys, you know, the two of you have, is it something where, you know, there's a specific mission that you can deviate from and it's a different experience every time you go? Like Trevor, the two times you went, was it different each time or was it the same both times? Um, the, the overall mission plays out the same, but there's a few incidental things that um, the first time we didn't really know what was going on. So it kind of resulted in some almost comical things happening and and the dialogue like there was different we heard different dialogue and stuff um as we were going and then the second time because we knew um things things were happening a lot more smoothly so yeah i don't i don't want to spoil it too much because i know ziggy's going to do it but yeah it um the out the overall outcome doesn't change but um yeah you're not completely locked into doing things exactly the way they want you to so if that makes that's sense that's cool yeah. yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I'm I'm psyched about this. This is something I would want to do uh, on my next trip. Although I don't, it seems like they don't keep these things for long now, right? So it's it's kind of like you got to do them while they're there. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing about the void is that yeah, it's it sounds like they kind of want to make this into, at least in the interim, it's going to be a thing that's there in Disney Springs. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, next October it'll be there for you still, Tom. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be if they're already looking at expanding it at this point. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me, though, because if Star Wars was there and Wreck-It Ralph was there, I kind of want to do both. Like, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want to do just one of them. I'd want to do both of them. I, well, I, I, I'm going to do both, and I'll let you know if you should do both. <laughs> nice. So just my question to you guys, what would you want a Marvel one to look like? Like, what would you want that experience to be? This is an open-ended like, question. I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting. What, what I would like is to have multiple characters, right? Because at the end of the day, I mean, if I'm Iceman or I'm Hawkeye or, like, who am I? I mean, I, I know there's got to be a limit, right? Because we're talking about, you know, still some finite programming that's going on. But But give me a choice, right? Like, I don't think that should be a big deal. That's what I'd be looking for is having a choice of picking the character I want to be or gosh, I mean, if you're really kind of making it open ended, let me pick what powers I want. Right. I don't have to be anybody. I like it. Just let me pick what powers I want. And you know, there's maybe a list of 20 and you get two or whatever the case may be. You want to talk about replayability. I mean, all you're talking about is the graphic shooting out of your hands is different, honestly. Um, so that would be kind of neat. So like a make your own superhero. Yeah, I could get on board with that. You know, and then you you don't worry so much about what characters you're putting into play, right? I'd, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I I feel I, I if the, if you're talking specific scenarios, I, I feel like the uh, I mean, Infinity War is hot and heavy right now, so that to me seems like an easy one. You get a whole bunch of different characters in there. 
Um, you don't necessarily have to be one of the um, superheroes because there is a lot of other um, peep or non non super people. Yeah, like, like I, <laughs> like I don't Hawkeye even know. And like, yeah, like, like shield shield agents and stuff. Oh, shield like that, right? I don't want to be yeah. a shield agent. <laughs> well, but for the sake of you know, you're you're going alongside of these heroes. It, it, it I feel like that would make more sense as if they made you that as the character. Real boring. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to be boring. a superhero. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to get too far into it because I. I can see who. Or I again, I don't want to spoil what I know from the current one. So yeah, true. Yeah, can I can I be Thanos? What if you uh, want to be the bad that, guy? I want to be the be bad weird. guy with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, let's just break. Yeah, the but, whole but thing. Trevor, without without, <laughs> here, let's be honest. Without ruining anything, I mean, you understand that you're a stormtrooper. I mean, that's everyone knows that part of it. I mean, all you're doing is swapping out a stormtrooper with a gun for a Marvel character shooting something out of their hands. Right. I, I don't see that as leading to any issues per se yeah i listen i i just i guess the only thing is is that yeah they they would need something there for how to how to deal with you know which character you pick right because if you're following a story it does have to make sense with whatever character you are but why like what what do you mean by that like what do you mean it has to make sense like so all right so i'll give you an example Iceman or you know Human Torch? Does it really matter? If somebody's speaking to you in in the experience, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But 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 remember, you've already selected what character you were at the beginning. So when we we're talking about audio dubbing, I mean, we're, we're yeah, past I'm, that, I'm, right? Technology wise, aren't we? I, I, yeah, I'm just thinking about audio and like branching paths and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. Like if if there's if you decide you want to be like Iron Man, like, you know, maybe there's specific things that Iron Man would have to do in the story, you know, where the story might have to change based on that. Is yeah, that what you mean? I, I think like, I don't I don't like I said, I mean, I've been to the other one. I, I don't see that as a problem personally, but was it, I don't was know. It, Ziggy, maybe you can jump in on this. I think there was a patent that they filed fairly recently that was for like a VR like a Captain America shield where you'd be able to like throw it in a VR environment or something like that. I swear I remember reading a patent about this. You're talking about like holodeck? We, we on Star Trek Next Generation holodeck there, right now? There was some patent they had where you could do something with Captain America's shield, and I don't know if that has anything to do with this, but I remember this, but I don't remember the exact details of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I really vaguely remember it too, uh, Tom. I, I don't remember what the details are, but yeah, you are right. There was some kind of article about it. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder if that has anything to do with this too, but... I don't know. There's, I think the sky's the limit for this, right? Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much, yeah. Or the universe. <laughs> I mean... Oh, uh, there you go, Trevor. <laughs> the universe is the limit. So. Uh, I think it would be... See, but you're saying you're Stormtroopers uh, in the Star Wars thing. Why can't I be Thanos then? You're the bad guys in the Star Wars thing. I want to be the bad guy in the Marvel thing. Are we really an hour in and halfway through this? Gosh, Tom. <laughs> what do you mean? Stop we're talking. Done. We're done with VR. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> well, we're on rumors. We're at the end of this thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just as, as as you guys are talking, I just looked it up, and you're right. There is a, a patent for a Captain America shield that basically you put it on your arm, and then you you like fling your arm in a motion like you're throwing it, and it and it comes off like so it would come out onto the screen or something. So, okay. it's, so. so it's some sort of yeah, it's, physical shield that you would throw yeah. and it 
and it you don't actually throw it. It's, it's probably going to be a, just attached to your arm, and you move your arm like you're throwing it or something. Is what I understand. so you don't hit your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine the waivers if you could really throw a, a, a shield. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So moving on, we talked VR enough. So we're we're on to rumors, um, and this is these are there's a couple different rumors that are out right now. Um, and these are all according to uh, WDWNT, so uh, you can check them out on there because we want to make sure we give credit for these rumors. Cause since they are rumors, mostly if they're wrong, so we can blame them and say it was their fault that we didn't come up with these. Um, <laughs> but the Move It, Shake It, Dance It, and Play It Parade is uh, apparently going to be ending on 12-1. Um, I have not really caught this parade all that often. I, I feel like sometimes it's been midday hanging out at like one of the restaurants on main street and just seen it go by. So the thought though, is that this parade is going to be um, ending on 12 one. It's going to be replaced with a new parade in early 2019. I don't know if any of you guys are attached to this one, but I really don't care that much about this being going away. I think new things are good. So yep. I, yeah, the, I, I've never been around Main Street when this parade has happened either, so it's kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't I'm, know if kids are into it or what, but yeah, I'm, I'm not like a huge parade guy anyway. Usually by that time in the afternoon, I'm like ready to go back and and sleep for a little while Take it <laughs> or whatever because it's too hot. <laughs> exactly. I, I have been there a couple of times when it, you know, when it's going on, and it's it's fun. It's it's cool, but I'm not super broken up about it. And if they develop something, I think this is already the third or fourth version of of the parade so i don't know if they're developing just something very similar just changing a couple of things or if it's gonna be something completely different but um i'm not broken up about it either i wish they would bring back a nighttime parade like wh- when are we gonna get a nighttime parade back that's what i, I want to yeah do. i hear you I, I was gonna say it's no paint the night i mean <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. you know i i i lie like sat down and waited for paint the night and it was absolutely worth it um they need something like that here. So hopefully whatever is coming of this is, yeah, maybe they're, I feel like with all the construction that's been going on at Disney, they've kind of been holding off on bringing new parades, you know, while Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land and all that stuff is coming up. I'm hoping that because those are kind of coming to the end, we are going to see some new, newer style parades again, like paint the night, like, like just something more upgraded. Um, yeah, cool, cool new effects and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. I, something, yeah, something new, and and I mean, I I feel like it would make sense that they do something that they come out with a new parade before the anniversary of the park, right? Like that's I could see them debuting a new nighttime parade for the anniversary or like the year before as they celebrate for the entire year, right? That's what I could see them doing. But we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. I just, I don't care that much about this parade. I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there, though, that have young kids that really love this thing because I know it was very engaging and there was, you know, is having like kids dance around and stuff like that. I, I think that was a big part of it. So maybe just because I don't have a kid that's older than five months old, that, <laughs> that I'm, I'm not sad about this. But um, even, maybe if, no. Even my, my son was never really like we, We've the couple of times we've seen daytime parades, he was not interested at all. So, yeah, Even like I, Festival I, of Fantasy, like the yeah, like he the, just wow. he like we we saw it and he like we're like, do you want to go watch the parade? And he's like, no. So, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, varies varies by family, I think, as to whether or not this is important. This is important to them or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing that's out there, another rumor that that's out there is, and this has been a rumor for a while, you know, Epcot's going through, uh, it, it really in the midst of, uh, reimagining. And we, we heard a lot about it at D23 last year when we did our D23 show. Um, but it, we haven't heard a lot about it since then. And, and, you know, we know of a couple things that are coming, obviously the Ratatouille ride, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. We talked last week about a rumor about the, um, Spaceship Earth getting refurbished and, you know, getting some, you know, spruced up a bit. Uh, we know about the space-themed restaurant. One of the rumors that's been out there is that they were going to build a Mary Poppins dark ride. Now, apparently those plans have maybe been put on hold or maybe just completely abandoned in favor of a Mary Poppins flat ride. Uh, and those who are not familiar with the the ride parlance of a flat ride. Um, <laughs> in this particular case, it's something similar to Dumbo or um, what is the Triceratops spin thing at animal kingdom. Is that what it's called? Or yeah, the flying it, carpets. It, yeah. It's just a, yeah. A generic spinning ride. Like you would find at most, um, uh, where are they called? Fairs, carnivals. carnivals. Yeah. Fairs, carnivals, yeah, whatever. Anything. yeah. Yeah. I, I read this and was kind of bummed. <laughs> yeah, kind of bummed. I think it's a terrible idea. It really is. I think it's a terrible idea <laughs> because I mean, like what you said is when I think of a spinner ride, I mean, okay, Dumbo's great and stuff, but I mean, I, I'm I think of more like a carnival, just like a basic carnival. I don't want Epcot turned into a carnival scene. I mean, I don't know how if it's going to be how high it's going to be or whatever, but a dark ride would be like ten times better. I don't know who I guess I guess it's because they want young kids to be interested in Epcot and so they have to have some attractions that young kids are gonna go on. But they can go on a dark ride too in my opinion. So yeah, my kid likes Figment. <laughs> it would be so. more <laughs> <laughs> Well let's uh, exactly. I, I think I'm more annoyed by it because I feel like it's really lazy and I don't understand why Disney's doing something that lazy. I, I mean maybe the budget just got dropped because obviously a full fledged dark ride is going to cost a lot more than throwing a spinning ride in there just randomly. You know, but I, I don't know. It just it. And I guess I, I think the space too, space, because yeah. the, the the pavilion in the back there that they use for uh, different events was I, f- I forget the name of it. The one they use World for like, the party of the senses. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess they don't. They're not going to get rid of that because it's so profitable. So that would have probably eaten up the space. If they could get rid of that, maybe a dark ride. So I'm sure they're probably limited to. You know, on the space. Yeah, and, and I guess the thought was is that, that however they theme this, uh, the um, they're kind of thinking of the uh, the merry-go-round in the Jolly Holiday scene, which yeah. okay, you know, put in a merry-go-round, don't make it like I, I don't know. It, it it just when I read this article, it just nothing about it seems right to me, especially for something <laughs> like Mary Poppins. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me that they're doing it, that they're going to put a ride back there, but it just doesn't make sense that they're doing a flat ride. Other than the fact that they probably, just like their budget probably went from like $100 million for it to like a million. You know, like they they probably just had a a completely cut budget and now have to, you know, just, just do something there. But I don't know. Hopefully we're wrong because this is a rumor. So It is a rumor. It is a rumor. Yeah. I've also seen, and Ziggy, you can weigh on this too, because I think I saw on your website, and you know, we're moving on from this this discussion really quick, just because I, I was seeing something else uh, about the gondolas. There seems to be a lot of 
I don't know, misconceptions, confusion, uh, conflicting reports about what these gondolas are going to look like, whether they're going to have air condition, air conditioning or not. I feel like that's the big thing is a lot of people are like, are these going to have air conditioning? Cause you know, it's Florida and it's in the summer and it's hot. Um, but I think I read an article on your site that said it was going to have air conditioning. And then I saw another article that said, no, they're not going to have air conditioning. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that anybody really knows because it seems like from both sides that people are saying that it's going to and then it's not going to and and they both seem like you know legit sources or whatever and so it's at this point it's a little hard to understand what's going on personally I think that it's suicide to not have some kind of air conditioning in in these you know gondolas in central Florida where <laughs> small you know, metal it's bucket. 90 <laughs> yeah yeah I Though the, the lightning is a whole other story, too. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. But, you know, I mean, just it's going to be it's going to be so hot in there. So unless they have they said there's going to be some kind of new ventilation system that they are going to be able to put in there. And OK, uh, but I'm not too too convinced that that's going to work. I mean, how honestly, how are they going to do that when it's like above 90 degrees, like six months out of the year? And uh, it just seems to be ridiculous to me that they should have some kind of air conditioning but again probably cost is one thing and then the space inside those having to get power enough power to to each car to to do that must must be an issue too so there must be a good reason if they're not going to have air conditioning there must be a good reason behind it yeah and i i would i would hope that however they set this up i mean i don't think they would set something up that's going to be uncomfortable for guests to be on but yeah i mean yeah yeah it's go ahead ziggy i'm sorry no no they, they must have like they're gonna, obviously going to have people testing it out, and they have an idea in, in their heads at least that theoretically there's going to be enough ventilation in here where people aren't dying, you know, inside those things. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm really curious to find out what that is if there's no air conditioning involved. Yeah, I mean, I'm still excited about it. I just I, I'm I'm just curious, just curious to see what's going to be going on. So. And with that, we're completely off topic again. <laughs> well, you know what? It's yeah. uh, we're like kind of ahead of time today. We're we're kind of like you know below our normal time today. So I feel like we can throw some extra topics in here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I you know, I, I guess. I mean, is but, there anything else you guys want to talk? Well, we have one more thing, I guess. Yeah, let, let's. So the Ratatouille ride, right? That's getting yeah. an opening date supposedly. Of uh, the rumor is the ride will open May twenty twenty. Yeah, I, sooner than was I mean because they said it was going to open before 2021, so that's great. It seems like they're making great progress on it. Um, based on what I've seen, it seems like it's going to. I don't know if it's going to be an exact clone of what is in uh, Paris, but it, it seems like it's going to be pretty similar. Um, it, I don't know, Ziggy. You, you've been to Paris. I think you were posting stuff from Paris recently. Did you have you been on that ride? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I just went there in June, actually, for the first time. How how and, was that ride? Is uh, it great, or is it, you know? Yeah, it was really awesome. When when we went, I think there were a few effects that actually weren't working. Oh. Um, but I, I don't. I didn't know what they were. I, somebody told me that there was a few effects that weren't working. So my experience with it, since it was the only time I went on it, I had a blast. Um, it's really cool because they they basically send you through like you're a rat in the kitchen and so you're going through you're underneath all the tables and the counters and people are chasing you and then you're going through the wall like in these little holes and then coming out other areas and and it's awesome because the ride vehicle is um is trackless 
So you don't know where you're going to be going in the room. Like you go from room to room, but you, you're kind of surprised because it's turning in different directions and uh, as all this action, they use a lot of screen technology. So there's screens everywhere in the room and, and you're just getting turned to the right screen at the right time and stuff. But I, I thought it was a really, really fun attraction. Like I had, um, I had a smile on my face, I would say, the whole time through it so it was really fun that's awesome yeah i i've seen i've watched videos of it online i I think it's gonna be pretty fun but um it'd be cool if it does open a little bit earlier although i'm gonna be there late 2019 so i wish it was gonna be open by then but obviously it won't be so (laughs) that was a little bit ambitious anyway sorry did we ever find out when mickey's runaway railroad is opening as well i think they said like i think it's supposed to be like summer next year right oh is it oh yeah i think yeah yeah, I think they they were hoping May next year for for that, but I think it's a little bit behind, and so maybe June, June uh, is what I was hearing, June or July, possibly. Oh, okay, That's good. I'll be I'll be there in October, so I will ride that. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking about the fact. It, so yeah, Ratatouille is not going to be the first trackless no nope. uh, system there. So yeah, okay. It's, yeah. It seems like they're going to use that for a couple different things. So, I, anything else you guys want to talk about before we go today? I, you know, we had posted, Damon, you had posted a thing about vampire, Vampirina. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I don't know what that show is. You will. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what it is. First of all, it was a pretty famous book for a while. Well, I don't read it, so that's... <laughs> well, it's a kid's book, so... Yeah, you, you, you have a young child. It. You'll know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so is that that's is that just it's, in the park permanently, or is that just for Halloween? It, so it, it's they they ha, it's, it's, she's already in the park now, and it was something that was coming for Halloween, but it will be permanent. It's a Disney Junior show, so I think as they you know continue to release new Disney Junior shows and retire Disney Junior shows, like Sophia the First is done. I mean that there was the last episode of that. Um, so, you know, they may switch things out is my guess, because, you know, a year from now, there's no Sophia the First. I mean, who knows who she is anymore? That makes so, sense, yeah. I uh, is she going to be included in that new Disney Junior show that they're? That I they're, believe so. Yes. Okay, so she'll be in that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So I yeah I'm not familiar with that character to be honest. So I don't know. Anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap this thing up today? Well, okay, great. Well, we want to first of all we want to thank everybody for checking out the uh, what we now call the wait list. Um, we sincerely appreciate all of the fans that wrote in with their name ideas um, because you guys made our jobs crazy difficult because there were so many good options that the three of us were fighting about what to call it uh, for a while. So (laughs) it was, it was a little tough, but we appreciated all of the different names. Uh, We will have another wait list uh, in the, in the weeks in between uh, again. So stay tuned for that. Uh, And then uh, Damon, do you want to wrap us up today? I can do that. So email address is welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. You know, as always, we're looking for questions from our listeners as well as, um, you know, hopefully spreading the word and getting some non-listeners to ask you questions that you may want to ask us then. So, you know, again, spread the word as much as you can. On social media, we are on Facebook at Welcome Home Podcast. That is probably the best way to get in touch with us. The other two, well, we don't really even use, so I don't even need to mention them. Again, we love reviews. That's the best thing for us. So if you can review us on iTunes, that's great. And any of the other services that you do use. And again, I was super excited about the wait list as well. Um, I think that's been a fun part of it. So 
keep us informed if it's something you like to do um, and listen to. And again, I, I think we should we should have some some people on the wait list. I think we're even going to start this one, hopefully, with, with Ziggy, right? Yeah, so I think Ziggy's going to stick around and st- do st- some waitlisting with us. <laughs> stay tuned for the next waitlist, which will be a week after this episode. That's correct. Uh, so, you know, of course, don't forget to subscribe, can't speak, uh, to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, any place you can find podcasts. We are, are are there. And of course, a reminder to our listeners, as always, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company. And as such, any and all opinions we express on this show are our own. So please consult a DVC representative, uh, you know, a cast member for more information. Damon, do you want to promote anything? I always like to promote things. So as Tom <laughs> said, you can find some Disney um, news and, and all that fun stuff over at BSC Kids. We are going to have some more interviews coming up as well. And as my um, friends would love me to promote their new Instagram, you know, male teenage model page at Cullen Gabriel Fashion. So go like them as well. And Trevor, thanks, Damon. And Trevor, I think you had something to promote this week, didn't you? Yes, I do, actually. So um, we're coming up this time of year. Um, uh, I'm always involved in a charity called Extra Life. Um, point of it is we do a 24-hour video game marathon to raise money for Children's Miracle Network. So that's children's hospitals around the world. Uh, so uh, game day is November 3rd. Uh, I will be posting my donation page to the the podcast page and yeah you guys can watch me and my brother and my son play games and turn into zombies as time goes on and uh i will be lining up some disney games in there as well so that uh for anyone that's a disney fan i'm I'm gonna have a few things queued up there that uh will be interesting but yeah that's uh that's gonna be coming up here november 3rd great yeah, I, I would definitely encourage anybody who's wanting to to you know donate to that cause. It's because it's a good one. Um, we really appreciate Ziggy you being on the show today. Please plug all your websites and your social media for us before we let you go. Okay, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, thanks for and I, I thanks for having me on too, guys. I really really enjoyed it as usual. Um, if you want to find out uh, more about what I'm doing, you can go to my website is ziggynosdisney.com. Uh, also, my social media I'm on Twitter at disneyziggy.com. Uh, and then Facebook and Instagram, same thing. Ziggy knows Disney's. It's real simple. I do um, a lot of new, all the news and rumors on all the attractions and stuff like that coming to Disney World. Plus, uh, I do a lot of reviews, a lot of food reviews and stuff. I love to eat, so if you want to find out more about the food, you can check me out there. And uh, as well as just general tips and stuff like that for having a good time uh, at, at Walt Disney World. So, yeah, just uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I love Big it. thank you to Ziggy. I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about food and wine today. Of course, thank you to DVC Resale Market for uh, sponsoring this episode. We, we really appreciate them. Make sure to check them out at dvcresellmarket.com. Join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion and, of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. It's no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.